Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So, and welcome back to another episode of Sports with So So. Make sure you guys have subscribed to the podcast on any streaming platform and following us on social media as we keep you guys up to date on the latest in sports. This week, we got a dope, dope episode lined up for you guys. We catch up with the Heat. We catch up with the Marlins. Got some big soccer news on deck. Panthers getting hot. And you know we got to talk about that UFC 261 because hometown 305 George Masvidal is fighting. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. they do cuz what's going on big pimping how you feeling Nah, i'm good doggy i'm good man it's kind of weird you know doing the interview like this so for everybody who's tuning in uh i'm not in the same building as joel but we're still gonna make it happen ain't that right though that's right baby i mean i got the roadcaster i'm, I'm set up in our new spot which we'll, we'll still keep that on the dl for right now till yeah, uh, we gotta keep that on the hush till you can come out here you know um, but we make it happen out here. We, we, we don't, we don't have excuses. We don't have, uh, you know, these, uh, things that we're going to put off the show. We're, we're going to deliver every week. So that's what we want to do. Absolutely. Doc. The only place where we can have excuses, right? Like legit excuses is on the golf course. That's like the one spot where you can be like, all right, fuck it. What is it? What do I got? A bogey? Nah, I'm going to be nice to myself. I'm going to be Paul right here. You know, those are the only type of excuses. Now the wind took my ball an extra. 10, 15 yards right, so that threw off my whole game, and that's the way I justify my scorecard. Dog, I don't know about you. Oh, I, I mean, I I have a bag. Literally, it's just a like a little knapsack that I have, and inside of it is small post-it notes with pre-recorded excuses on it, so that that way, whenever <laughs> something goes wrong, which is very often on the golf course, I just go right, right. into that. I don't have to, you know, th- use any brain power to muster up a new phrase or anything. I just go right into that bag. I pull one out, and then ready. I got it. Oh, the, so, the grass was too green. That's 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 it. The grass was just too green. You know what, dog? I'm I'm gonna hit you up on the side when we're done because I think I just got a great business idea. Trust <laughs> me, it's right. gonna be a great business idea for this, for this golf idea shit that we're trying to get off the ground. I like but, it. Let's yeah, talk man. about it more this Saturday when we go play. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're going with the homies to the links. Ain't nothing better than that. Dog. Well, yeah. I'm lying. There there is something better than that. Talk There's to me. one thing that's better than that. What's that? Pizza mañana. We got it today. We got it today. You know what I mean? Because thankfully the Heat took care of business against the Nets. You know, and it came down to the last second with an unlikely hero of all heroes, right? Because say what you want about Bam, right? And he's been balling this season for us. Completely, completely balling, you know? Sometimes we question whether he has that it factor, right? Because we see other young studs in the game like, you know, having 50-point games, Tatum the other day was going off, and we see all these other guys, like, just tearing up the league offensively and getting the recognition for it. But when it comes to Bam, it looks like, you know, the national media scope just has him as a defensive player. You know, like, he can't really do anything offensively. Don't rely on him for that. And, bro, that shot that he hit yesterday, and the shots that he was hitting in the game against Brooklyn, in, in general, you know, where he was, his jumper was on point. I, bro, that is some scary, scary shit to see because as a fan of his, personally, 
Like it's the next evolution of his game, and we spoke about about it earlier in the in the season. You know where if Bam can get that that jump shot, how dangerous do you think he can be? You know what I mean? Right. Nah, it was, for, it was nice. No, for sure. And Nice was seeing him hit his first game winner. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And like really stepping up and saying, you know, I, I need to be the one to take this shot. I need to be the one to make this shot. Not only take it, I need to make it and prove to myself and to my teammates, right, that I can be this guy whenever we need it. Let and, me, bro. Let me ask you a question. Do you, What do you think sparked this? Do you think there was anything that inspired him to step it up? For sure. For sure, the the fact that Jimmy came out after a loss in, in Portland, you know, to come out and say, "Nah, this team is soft. This team is soft. We lose on the road to Minnesota, and and he comes out and immediately doesn't hold back anything. This team is soft, and that's the type of shit that Jimmy is known for, right? Because you know, we know him for being an aggressive player. We know him for being a in-your-face guy, teammate. A guy who's going to always constantly ask the best of not only his teammates, but his coaching staff, people around him, the training staff. So when he saw the team slacking, because we slacked, you know what I mean? Like, there's no other way to say it. We slacked because we go off that win against Portland and then we lose three straight games on the road. You know, we lose to Phoenix. We lose to Denver. We lose to Minnesota. And we're not even competitive during those games or trying to keep it close. Right. So Jimmy, you know, expressed his frustration to be like, man, this guy is fucking missing free throws and he's supposed to be our best player, our young franchise player. That's not acceptable. You know, and that's the high standard that he has to hold Bam accountable to. Without it, we got nothing. And I think that shit, like, really sparked not only Bam, but the rest of the guys to be like, bro, I need to get my shit together because if not, I know that Jimmy ain't going anywhere, but I could be getting kicked yeah. out of here. You I'm, know what I mean? I'm glad you said that because I, I completely agree. I think that it did cause the rest of the guys to step up. I mean, we saw Bam put up, you know, 21 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists, you know, right after those uh, that, that quote came out from Jimmy. And, but then you also had guys like Dragic. You know, Dragic went 18, 8, and 7. I mean that's that's a that's a full game right there, man. You, you talk about production right there, picking up the slack. And then you also have a guy. I, I don't know how you feel about this guy, man. A new addition, Dwayne Dwayne Dedman, putting up a, a double double for us that day, ten and ten. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, an, imp an impressive ten and ten, right? First and foremost, I gotta say one thing, right? I gotta say one thing. Is it weird that I thought he was Joel Anthony's like cousin or something? Because damn, those guys everybody, look alike, bro. Everybody was saying it that all my boys were calling him Big Sloppy Junior. I was like, yo, whoever that he's fine, Joel Anthony's like doppelganger. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it's crazy. But he's he's been doing things that, that we need. You know, we need the help on the rebound. Right. We need the help on the glass. You know what I mean? The 10 points is just a bonus. That's just him being active, running the floor. You know what I mean? They found him a couple of times for easy layups on a break or on a cut. And that's just him being aware of what's going on around him, right? Who he has around him. But more importantly, his defense and his rebounds, man, have really come to play. And when we signed him, it was just like, okay, we're adding a, a roster spot because we need it, right? And we, and we have a big guy. Maybe he can help. But if he can provide this type of intensity, I'm not talking about giving me a double-double every night because, let's be real, you know, that's asking a lot out of a guy who was just on the street. Of course, you know, of course. Not, without a job. So it, it, at this point, if he can just come in and give us that defensive 
intensity while being on the floor and just like protect the paint, man, that should go a long way because we see what the rest of the unit is doing defensively when it's causing steals and whatnot. You know, uh, Ariza has been great for us. Um, you mentioned him earlier. Goran has been playing quality minutes for us and really stepping it up. Kendrick Nunn as well. It's just, you know, something has to get these guys going and consistently going, not just up and down, up and down, up and down like we've seen them because we got 15 games left in the season yeah. and there's not a lot of room for error, you know? There's no, not a lot of room not. for error. Yeah, it's, we got to find coming, a group. It's coming down to the wire. And, and now we're, you know, uh, this game was a perfect example. I mean, granted, they were they didn't have their MVP in Harden, but they still had the rest of the squad, right? They had Kyrie. They had Durant for most of it. I know he, he exited the game with an injury, but, you know, he was still there. They, they still had Blake Griffin. You know, they still had the rest of the Nets, you know? And um, yeah. to see to see our guys, you know, produce like that, the, you know, you just mentioned Ariza, he had 15 and 9. I mean, we had six players in double-digit figures that game. And that's that's what we need. We've been preaching that all season long through, you know, all these lose, losses and stuff like that that we've been having and, and multi-game losses. It's like, hey, man, we're just not doing the, the fundamental basics. And at the same time, we're not getting enough out of, the, out of our core guys. And, and we see what can happen when we do get that out of those guys. Hell yeah, bro. And something that you said, which, you know, I I kind of agree with sometimes, but the basketball man in me, like, really disagrees with it. It is a team game. And we do have players that have to play their role, right? The heroes, the, the Duncans, and the, the list goes on and on. But we need our stars to be stars. And if we consider Bam to be a star, then I'm sorry. You need to fall out. You need to ball out. Like, now is the time. There's no, let me work on my game. None of that. We can't be soft. He specifically cannot be soft and wait for fouls and ticky-tack stuff. You know what I mean? He needs to be big, mega. Man, you put the word to it. He needs to be aggressive. Because this team is only going to go as far as Bam takes us. Yeah, Jimmy's the one shooting the, the, the lights out and, and doing everything else. But Jimmy's not the guy that Bam could be. I'll say it like that, right? Jimmy is obviously better than Bam right now, but with Bam's potential, he has the potential to be even better than Jimmy. So Jimmy's just kind of holding the seat for him right now, but he needs to see that aggression or that assertiveness from Bam and take over the game and not rely on a hero, not rely on a Duncan to help you out and bail you out with a couple of threes or or for somebody else to come in and shoot the light uh, and shoot bad, right? And shoot under 50% or something like that. The, the Heat need to find something that wakes them up. And I really hope Jimmy calling them out is the the spark that they need because that's some shit that would have happened under, you know, the Godfather's reign when he was here. Because we would have looked at him and and Timmy or Zoe or somebody would have said, hey, we need to wake up. We need to do something and we need to do something now. And Jimmy's that guy and he's not going to be shy about it. Yeah. But I, I really feel like these guys need to, you know, 15 games, man. The the, the time is now. The time is now. So hit the gas pedal. And, and it starts this week. Uh, as we record this uh, Monday night, the Heat are, are about to tip off against the Houston Rockets uh, at home. Yep. And then this coming Wednesday, we go on the road to play the Spurs. Uh, we come back to the East Coast, but we take on Atlanta on the road for Friday night, 730. And uh, then we have another game. Uh, on two Saturday. games against uh, Chicago. Against, yeah. Against, yeah, against Chicago. We have two games. Not back-to-back. Back. We have one Saturday. We take a break Sunday. But, I mean, it, it's still an action-packed week here. You know, what do you, what do you Absolutely. expect? Absolutely. Look, I mean, I, I really expect us to, to beat these two teams, right? Spurs, we know that they're out of it. 
We know Houston's out of it. We got to get these dubs. You know, you said it earlier in the season. We got to beat the teams that we know we can beat. These are two teams that we can know we can beat. When it comes to Atlanta and Chicago, man, that shit is going to be tough because those are two playoff teams that, that we're fighting with. You know what I mean? We're two, two games behind fourth place, which is being shared right now with Atlanta and Boston at the time of recording. So we don't, we got to go into those matchups with some type of momentum, right? Because you ultimately want to win those games against the East Coast opponents that you're battling for position. Because at the end of the season, it's going to be that half game or that, you know, I got a better record than you, or at least I won the head-to-head matchup against you. That's going to give you that seeding. And if we get something in the fifth, sixth, seventh seed, man, it's going to be real hard to see a, a playoff run go like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt, man. So we got five uh, five games coming up in the next eight days, including today. So uh, we definitely got to get it done. Big boy pants. We got to put our big boy pants on and, and win some games, bro. That's you know? it. That's it, brother. That's I'm with it, you. bro. Let's see how it goes tonight with Houston, bro. Let's, let's see if we can give Houston an L. Yeah, and hopefully we can get some pizza mañana. Pizza mañana. Pizza mañana. <laughs> man, Marlins, bro, on fire. Tell me on about fire. it. Tell me about it. What, I mean, fire. I don't know if you noticed, but my voice, uh, it sounds a little bit different maybe. And it's because I – I, yeah, I'm a little hoarse. I, I lost my voice Saturday uh, at the Giants game where, where we won 7-6 in extra innings, dude. Hell of a game. Badass. Real good game, bro. And I was watching it on TV because obviously I saw you were there. Um, and, man, these guys look good, bro. The Marlins are do- giving us what we need. Entertaining baseball. Because that's all we ask for as Marlins fans. You know, don't give me the game where we're losing four zip, six zip every fucking game. No, I want to be excited about my team. And this four-game winning streak that the Marlins were on, I mean, we won that game against that a uh, couple Saturdays ago against the Mets. We'll get a game suspended, and then boom, they just went three straight against Atlanta before losing the last game of the series, which happens, you know, but then boom, they bounce back and they win two more games against San Fran at home before losing Sunday uh, one zip in a tough, another tough matchup, you know, where, where the Marlins play really good. Man, I'm really surprised and happy uh, about how how this team is playing. I don't know about you, man. I mean, we bounced back. We started off terribly last week. We we talked about it with Vic, right? We were one and six in our first seven games, and now we've bounced yeah, back bro. with a, 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 an eight game win streak. Is it? We're on an eight game. No, no, no. We won six out of our last eight. Six out of our last eight. Because I I got it. I got us after the Mets series. We took we took that one against the Mets. Then that we had the right. next one. Then suspended. the Sunday game. Right. Right. So then we went then we beat the three Braves. games straight. So that's four three games already. straight. Two more against San Fran. No, we did three against Here's San Fran. Yeah, but we only won two games, Jay. We lost the game on Sunday. No, we, uh, <laughs> one oh, zip. Oh, man. Yeah, that ruined the win streak for us yesterday. <laughs> ah, but, hey, man, I'll still take it. That game Saturday against against them was, was a hell of a game. We had your boy, actually, Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara was pitching. Yeah, pitching. Yeah, man, he pitched, great, he, he, he pitched great up until that seventh inning where we gave up. He gave up that solo shot home run, and then after that, they they got a few more off of him, and then another home run, and they ended up taking that lead. But up until that point, he he had pitched a hell of a game. I just thought once once that home run, that first one came. At that point, I thought they needed to pull him, and they didn't. And you know, we ended up and having to do the a wheel little, fell off a little extra work. <laughs> the wheel man, fell off. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you who my my player of the game for that game was was Miguel Rojas. Because he was the one that that, Bro. that hit the RBI uh, to drive in that those two runs to tie the game, 
you know, late in the ninth yeah. inning. And then again, yes, he's sir. the same guy that hits the walk-off RBI to win the game. He drives in Jazz, yes, who's in first base, bro. That guy has wheels on him and swag for I days with all those gold chains. Man. I know, I know. I don't know what the hell. Yo, we found a gem in that Jazz kid, bro, seriously. No, I we like, found a gem because I, I like feel him. like he's sparking the team a lot, like with his youth and like his energy. You know what I mean? Like, they, I don't know. They bro. got they got something about them, man. That whole team, they got something going on about them right now where they got some really good uh, synergy, let's say. And, yep. you know, and that's that's what we were seeing in spring training. And it's nice to finally see it translate in regular season. Hell yeah. And more importantly, the the cohesiveness that we expected from the hitting is there. Right, because we're putting runs up on on any team, right, on any team. Um, but at the same time, we're starting to see the bullpen kind of gel a little bit, right? We had two saves by uh, and a win by Jimmy Garcia after he got off to a rocky start in the beginning of the season, so he's bouncing back. Uh, Jazz Chisholm, you know, what else can we say about the guy? He's leading the team in batting average, hitting three twenty five with a four fifty one on base percentage, slugging six seventy five, has eight runs, thirteen hits on the season, three doubles, one triple, and three home runs. For a kid, right, and I say a kid because obviously on that team he's considered a kid as a rookie, but a kid who just earned that spot coming into the season. So you would think that he would have, like, this immense pressure or, like, be feeling the the pressures of, like, having to produce night in, night out. Man, but this kid has been showing that he's really consistent, especially defensively. The fact that Donnie Baseoff can put him in shortstop and put him in second, depending on who's 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 hurt, who's not hurt, do we need to rotate the players? Like, man, he's giving us something that we haven't had in a real long time, which is a really good defensive glove, who's a utility player in that position, and he can contribute offensively. If he can keep this up, bro, he's going to be the player of the year for the Marlins for sure. Yeah, I can I can absolutely see that. Um, he he played a hell. Oh, we did game. get some bad news though. Well, yeah, we some bad news. That's what I was going to bring up next. Uh, was it uh, Starling Castro? He's out for Matt Marte. Marte Starling Marte. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't I don't know who the hell Starling Castro is. Uh, He's another baseball player, man, for the, for the Cubs, or he used to play for the Cubs. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Starling. I saw that he's out with a rib injury. Is it? Yeah, man. He fractured a rib. He's going to be out for at least a week. Um, which kind of sucked. It was on a diving play, man. You know, it was on a diving play. He went for a catch. He's going to be out for only a week, though. You know what I mean? But it's it sucks to see him go out because he's been balling for us, too. You know, but he's a little bit older. You know, he's 32 years old. So those injuries can kind of like linger from here and there. But I, at least we know that we have players who can replace him, you know what I mean? Like, the depth chart is pretty, pretty, like, deep in that position. I feel like the the outfield position is probably one of the deepest that the Marlins have, right? We have Corey Dickerson. We have Adam Duvall, who's leading the team with 13 home runs. Uh, Garrett Cooper's back there. Uh, we have a kid named uh, John Berthy, who can, who's uh, another utility guy who can play um, some outfield for us. Just a lot of options. You know, Brian Anderson is still there. We can find ways to, like, put guys in position, right, and switch everybody around if we had to. No, a lot yeah, of the infield stacked. players, yeah, for sure. Not stacked with, like, In the outfield we are. Talent, in the outfield, I agree, stacked, we're stacked. Yeah, right, where we can plug somebody in there defensively and not miss a beat, you know. But we'll definitely miss uh, Starling Marte's bat, bro. He's, he's a creed contributor, showed it last year, 
Um, and, you know, having him out for a week is not the worst, you know, for yeah. a guy who's 32 years old with a fractured rib, could have been way worse. And season, so. too, man. I mean, you know, we if, if he's going to get hurt, get hurt now and come back stronger because we're going to need you take later a, on. Take a break, you know what I mean? Like, take a break, let take me, a break. Let me ask you this, though. How many home runs did you say that Adam Duvall has on the season right now? I believe I said 13, right? Yeah, I, I believe I heard you say 13 as well, but I don't know if that number is accurate. It's no, it's four, way, way off. Damn. <laughs> I don't right. know why I saw 13. I just wanted to make sure we weren't giving the listeners false information here. 13, that's a, nah. hell, that's a hell of a start to the season. He would have been in the MVP race already. But I like Duval, man. I like the way he played, too. He's, uh, he's a yeah, big bat for us. So he, if he gets hot, he's man, a big for us. he's, uh, he's going to do some good Ooh. things with the boys. I mean, get hot in what sense, right? Like, just, just be there, bro. All these guys, they, they just have to be there. If they're just there and good enough, bro. It'll be enough to to keep us above 500, which is the key to making the playoffs. Because once you're above 500, making the playoffs is not an issue. Then you can figure out where you can figure out, like, all right, what do I need? An extra bat, an extra this, an extra whatever. Then you go get that, you know, once you're in that position. But it all starts with being 500. And you get to 500 by playing every day and, and, and going out there and, and winning games. And the Marlins are close, bro. For them to be 7-8 and eight after starting 2-6, and six, Dang, you know, again, just shows you, like, how this team is progressing to the right point, you know? Little by little, slowly but surely, but they're progressing for sure. And Jeter, we trust, baby. Next up for the Marlins, they got the Orioles today and tomorrow in the two-game series. Orioles? Uh, yep, uh, today. Orioles. On... <laughs> it sounded like you said, like, the Orioles, like, uh, like, the, oh, like the cookies. Yeah, they're playing the Oreo yeah. cookies, and then they're playing the, the, the Chips Ahoy. <laughs> After that, no, they're playing the uh, Baltimore Orioles today and tomorrow. Right. And then after that, we go out to the West Coast to play the Giants again on the road for another, uh, it looks like a four-game series from a Thursday to Sunday. Series, yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which are, Sunday, which is I it's feel like grueling, those are the man. worst. Those are grueling it's for the It's the worst guys. in baseball, right? Like four days back to back to back to no back. Even if you don't play road. every day, that shit just sucks. You know what I mean? Like that shit just sucks. Go ahead, let's see, bro. Marlins are keeping us entertained, and that's all we want, man. Yes, sir. Let's go fish. Let's go fish. But, all right, man, talk to me about our Panthers. What's going on with the Cats right now? Man, it's tough to say because they've been kind of inconsistent lately. You know, last week was a tough week for them. They had some games that they won and some games that they lost. Like, for instance, they they lost on Saturday two weeks ago before we recorded. We talked about that. And then right after the 30th episode came out, you know, they came back, bounced back against Dallas move forward to Tampa Bay series and they lose one out of the two games. So I feel like the Marlins, the Panthers is just finding it hard to be very consistent at this point. You know, I feel like those injuries are starting to take its toll on them, especially on the team's mental aspect to be like, damn, can, can we keep it together and, and make that deep playoff run that we, we all thought we were going to make. And it all starts tonight. You know, they're playing Colorado, uh, Columbus. I mean, uh, tonight at home and, they really need this win, man. They they got two games uh, coming up back-to-back before they play another two more games heading into the weekend. And with the Panthers, they're running out of time, too. You know, we talked about the Heat having less than 15 games. The Panthers are right around there as well. And they really need to find some, some winning streaks because it's going to be key to their postseason aspirations, let's say. Yeah, so we're sitting right now second in the Central. And it's it's after, you know, that loss of, of Ekblad, man, it seems like we've been struggling. Yeah, I mean, when you you lose your leader, it, it's tough. 
you know, it's tough. And Barkov and the goalie uh, and the defenseman, uh, Huberdo, those guys have been picking up the slack. But, man, when you lose that guy, Eklat, that's the heart and soul of the team. You know, and what's funny, because I was reading up yesterday, the ESPN rankings came out for the trades, right? Like, who got the best trades or whatever. And the Panthers were up there. You know, they got rated as an A-, minus. you know, because they filled all the gaps that they needed. We got a, a forward. We picked up two defensemen. And we picked up a pick as well while making these moves. And like Vic was telling us, you know, the GM, the GM Bill Zito, he, he's making moves to kind of like plug in the holes that we have. And it just looks like it's not working. You know, it's, it's a long season and it's tough to always bring people in, right, and throw them into a, a, a room of, of chemistry and say, hey, guys, figure out a way to gel. But that's, that's what the Panthers are going to have to do. They're going to have to figure it out because these next couple of matchups that they have on their on their schedule is not looking easy by any stretch of the imagination, man. Yeah, I mean, right now, we were as we're recording this, they're playing the Blue Jackets, like you said, who are not, not the hottest team in the NHL by any means. Uh, but, we you know, we got to play them today and then again tomorrow, which would be today when you're hearing this. But then after right. that, more importantly, on Thursday, we start our series against uh, the Hurricanes. And they're they're in front of us right now. Uh, with an, one extra win. Yeah, with two games at, with two games against Nashville, two games against Chicago, another game against Dallas before we finish off the season against. There's only Tampa eleven. Bay. Game, there's only eleven games left. Yeah, man. Like it's it's time to go. I feel like the Panthers have to treat this stretch of games left like the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs, exactly. You know, and say okay, yeah, you know, and let's get into into the right mindset where we're like, okay, this is the amount of points that we need to acquire in order to be number one. And if this is not our goal, then everything else needs to fall back because they're right in the thick of things, bro. Two points between Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay. Only two points, you know? So somebody's going to end up with that top spot and somebody else is going to have to go on the road to play one of those teams when it comes to the playoffs. So I'd rather be at home. I'd rather be, uh, you know, have the Panthers play at home and, and have that edge, you know, for as little as it may really be. I feel like in hockey, it does play a, a, a big role. And having home field advantage is always key, man, you know? It's always key. Yeah, I absolutely Let's see, agree. Let's see, bro. Let's see what happens, you know? We got to get this game tonight against Columbus, bro. We got to get this game. Yeah, we gotta get this tonight, game. man. We're in playoff mode starting now. Let's go, Panthers. Let's go, baby. Keep it rolling. Let's go. Keep it rolling. Speaking of keeping it rolling, I'm going to throw one of these out there for our boys in blue. Let's go. The Chelsea, Chelsea Blues are rolling, man. They're in the final, We're baby. I rolling, know you're hype. Papa. Hell yeah, bro. We beat Manchester City on Saturday to make it to the FA Cup, which just means that we get to play for another trophy this year, which, man, considering all the things that the club has gone through this year, like I myself really didn't see it as a real possibility, right? You always fight for trophies, and that's what you play for. but Man, that that win against Manchester City, who granted it wasn't like the full Manchester City squad. Chelsea didn't fully have their A squad because it's that type of tournament where you keep the players that who have gotten you that far. You know, you want to congratulate them and and really, you know, back them up and say, hey, you've been playing in this tournament. You deserve to play for it all. And Chelsea just came up with a big win. You know, we had Akeem Ziyech score a goal, which was provided by... Uh, Timo Werner, who's been kind of struggling, but he still finds ways to contribute. You know, yeah, he may not be scoring goals, but he's finding ways to contribute. And that game, 
in that in that particular game, he did his job. You know, he he made that run that uh, was critical. Mason Mount put an excellent pass past the defender, which allowed Werner that space. And once he gets running like that, man, he's too fast for anybody to stop. And unstoppable. He makes the correct. He's unstoppable. He found the correct pass. You know, which a lot of goalies who are struggling will probably you know try to take that shot or force the action. But he plays a lot of team ball, and that's how Chelsea was able to win. And man, what a what a big big win! I was super stoked on Saturday. Whole day wore my jersey, Chelsea jersey, all day. Didn't even take it off to go to sleep. So, 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 so let me ask you this though, because again, I'm the noob. When's the last time that Chelsea's been in this situation? Uh, FA Cup. It's only been a cup uh, last year because last year we lost to Arsenal in the FA Cup final. You know, we made it there. Last year, and we should have won that that game, but you know, Chelsea is the second team is the team that has won this tournament the second most amount of times. We won it eight times. I believe Arsenal is leading the way with thirteen or twelve. But it's a it's a it's a trophy that we covet because it's an English cup, you know, and it has a lot of prestige behind it. It has a lot of um, nostalgia behind it, you know. So to win that cup, yeah, it may not be the biggest cup, right? It's not a Champions League cup, um, but it's still an important cup in England. And for an English team, you know, you want to win those domestic competitions because that's how you build your fan base and you can, you know, have, give something to your fans to be like, hey, stick it. thank you for sticking with us throughout the year, you know, throughout the tough season. And look, we advance in the Champions League too. You know, we lose the game 1-0 to Porto. And we move on to face Real Madrid in the semifinals. And that's another, you know, huge step that Chelsea has taken. And most fans are, like, super stoked because we never saw ourselves in the semifinal this year. Because we didn't think that we had enough chemistry in the team in one season to get to that level. But Tuchel, man, he's he's shown that he can be a great manager. I got, and really, I got two you know, words speak for to, you. The, to the players. I got two What's words that? for you, one phrase. Tuchel time. Tuchel time, bro. That's it, bro. He's, We've he's been really... saying it. We've been saying it since he came on board. He's the he's and been that imagine, spot for the team. Yeah, imagine that hard-ass job, bro. Hey, come into this very, you know, prestige club and make salvage of our season. You know, salvage our season somehow, some way. And all this guy has done is win since he's gotten here and put us in the position to continue to be a good club, right? We're still fighting for a top four spot in the Premier League. Uh, West Ham lost this weekend, so when we play tomorrow, we can possibly move up to fourth place and really hold it down. And we're, like I said, advancing in the Champions League semifinals. We're in the finals of the FA Cup. Like, this club is really at its highest point right now that it could have been this season. There's no doubt about that, you know. With everything that that's happened in the season, we're definitely at its highest right now. Um, but I mentioned Champions League, man, and, and I'm not sure if you've been catching up with, with the news lately with the Super League being announced and Chelsea being one of those 12 teams. I, I Have d- you heard about that? Yeah, I heard something about that. I wanted to, to ask you more about that because I'm seeing that, that they're they're cracking down and they're saying anybody that participates in this league is going to be either banned or or so you know yeah. not be able to partake in FIFA or something like that anymore. Well, I mean, explain to me like I'm a five-year-old, basically. <laughs> the way it works is like, you uh, FIFA and UEFA, right? They kind of combine, and they are the ones who hold everything together, right? They have the World Cup, and they vote. FIFA's always been in charge of the World Cup, 
and UEFA is the um, pretty much the company that oversees all of football over the world, right? All the domestic leagues and all the different countries, the qualifications for Champions League, that tournament, the Europa tournament, all of that, right? So all of that fa- falls under their banner. And what these 12 teams, including Chelsea, decided to do is say, you know what, we're going to create our own little tournament and only we're going to be invited and we're going to be in control about the tournament and how it goes and who gets the money and all that stuff, right? Causes a big problem because UEFA's like, wait a second, you're taking away 12 of our biggest teams from our biggest competitions to go make that money yourself because you guys want a bigger share of the profits. Right now, under UEFA rules, they have to share their profits with all the smaller clubs, right? So a team like Chelsea, who, who's worth billion, right, a billion dollars at the very least, has to share the same amount of revenue when it comes to a team like Leeds, you know, right. who just got regular, you know, promoted back into the Premier League. So the teams that signed up for the Super League, they really wanted to keep more of their own, their rights, you know, their rights to their games, rights to television contracts, you name it, right? Like endorsing, uh, having the game streamed on your phone through an app and all this stuff. But a lot of the fans, or the hardcore fans, they, they kind of see the other side, right? Where, yeah, the teams are able to make more money, but that leaves a lot of teams out of the gener- uh, you know, of earning that money that they normally wouldn't be able to, to earn, right? So that kind of handcuffs those small market teams who don't got money like a Chelsea, a Liverpool, or Manchester City, and pretty much hurts the game because once that money's out, there's no room for development. There's no ads coming into that league and all this stuff because the best teams are out of there. So what UEFA did was say, okay, anybody who plays in that tournament can't play in the World Cup and you can't play in the Champions League. So mm-hmm. now it's like a standstill to be like, okay, who's going to blink first? Is the league going to dissipate and say, okay, well, we'll join UEFA? Or do they say, you know, forget UEFA's rules. We're going to go our own way and we don't care about the consequences, you know? A lot of a lot of problems right now with in Europe and with their fans of soccer because you know as you know soccer is a very historic sport you know it's been been playing since the 1900s and 1856s and stuff like that so a lot of passion a lot of tradition. history behind that and tradition right and for these guys to kind of like make that move was kind of bold because there were whispers about it but nobody ever really confirmed anything and now that this stuff is out. Uh, it's interesting to see how all this stuff is going to play out. Even even myself, you know, as a Chelsea fan, we're supposed to be playing Porto, uh, not Porto, Real Madrid in a couple of weeks to possibly see if we continue in the Champions League final. And right now, everything is pointing to the signs that we may not even get a chance to play that game because, you know, again, UEFA kicked all the teams out that are participating in that. And in the final four teams, three of teams are in that, in the final four from the 12. So That's wild, that automatically, make, yeah, right. That automatically kind of makes that one team the de facto winner if everybody else is ineligible to play, or do right. you bring teams back, or you know, it's just a big mess. And ultimately, it comes down to money, bro. Because UEFA yeah, is fighting that's, that's to keep big like. money. The big twelve teams are are fighting to keep their money, and it's going to be a battle of who blinks first. And and it's going to be interesting to say the least because the impact it's going to have in, in soccer. You know, down the line, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. But let's see, man. Chelsea's got a big game tomorrow. Got to just keep winning. You know, we play Brian Home Allenton on the road, and that's a team that we struggled against before historically. 
Um, granted, they've never beat us, but they've always been able to take away points from us and not allow us to win games. So uh, we need to win that game, you know, just to kind of stay in the race for top four, even though it might not mean that we play Champions League football next year. But, you know, you, you want to be as close to the top as you can, you, you know, and be the best. And let the chips fall where they may when it comes to other people making decisions. We need the records to be what they are, you know. And that has to be Chelsea being a top four team because the draw of Chelsea is being a big club. And if you're a big club, you you win big games and big tournaments and you beat little teams like this. So we need to keep handling business and, and see what happens after that. All right. Well, we had the pleasure of having Vic Bermudez last week, and he, you know, we gave a real good uh, breakdown and, and kind of preview for the fights coming up this weekend. Um, but one that I really wanted to talk to you about is obviously we got to talk about the homie Jorge Masvidal going against uh, Kamara Usman for yes, the title. Yes, sir. I mean, hometown George, dog. You know what I mean? Like, damn, dog. This is a huge fight huge. for George's Biggest career, fight bro. of his career. Huge fight, for sure. Because, like Vic alluded to, you know, the the age and the money, right, are starting to, like, go opposite ways, right? So you really need to capitalize when you get an opportunity to really market yourself, promote yourself, win a belt, be at the top of the UFC world, even if it's just for a minute, but and get that minute of fame, man, this is time, and George has to take advantage. Because, honestly, if he loses his fight, he's never going to fight for the belt again. He'll get another big-name fight against, like, yeah. maybe a Connor or another Diaz fight, yeah. but he'll never fight for the belt again after this. You know what I mean? No, this is, this is his one shot right here, man. This is what he's been fighting for, right? This is what almost 50 fights in the UFC has, has prepared him for is this moment right here. And, and, you know, granted, yeah, he did fight Usman once already, and we've talked about that, at, you know, ad nauseum, but it, it was a whole different circumstance. He took that fight on less than two weeks' notice, and he held his own. He's had a whole fight camp, you know, ready to prepare mm-hmm. for this. He's ready to game plan, and I think he, he knows everything that's on the line. Not You know, not to take away anything from Kamara, but I, I think our guy's a little, just a little bit hungrier at the end of the day. Absolutely. And and the fact that he is the underdog, right, kind of makes me feel better about it. You know, he's uh, three plus 330 underdog at the moment. Kamara Usman is a four, minus 420, <laughs> um, a minus 420 favorite. But I still feel like, man, if, if you pick a fighter to say end the fight, it's not going to be Usman. It's going to be Masvidal. You know what I mean? And Masvidal has shown that he can end fights and, and he doesn't want to go for a pound, like a battle, and does, he's going in there to knock Usman out. And I feel like that's what's going to happen, man. I feel like he's going to go in there and just throw bombs because, you know, Usman's going to think that he can bang with him or can withstand that. And I don't think he really can because that's not really Usman's game, you know. This fight is huge, man, huge. And we got the – imagine, bro, he has to – he doesn't even – well, technically he has to wake up in the hotel over there, I'm assuming. But still, you—that's a four-hour drive that you're driving up to kissing me to fly, to fight. You know what I mean? You you slept in your bed, your nice, comfy bed, the whole week. Now you're trying. It's time to fight. You're going up there to, on a drive with your camp and shit like that. Man, I feel George has to feel great about this fight, and Usman has to be a little bit worried. He has to be. Yeah, I mean, he has, he should, rightfully so. He should be worried. I mean, Masvidal is a very dangerous person. But, I, I mean, I, I want to give our predictions and how we think it's going to end. But, dude, there's a whole bunch of great fights on this card. I know you're you're probably 
looking forward to a few of these. I wanted to see if you wanted For to talk sure. a little bit about uh, some of these fights going on. We got three title fights, but before we even get into that, there's a really good fight in, in the middleweight division. Uriah Hall is taking on Chris Weidman. Yeah, man, that's going to be a fight that's amazing action packed. Uh, it's going to be an eliminator fight, I feel like, right towards the belt. You know, who can who can walk their way up in this middleweight division and and win and, and, and head towards that belt, right, or that number one spot contender? Um, Uriah Hall is a beast. Chris Meinman is a ex-champ. Like, these guys know what's up, and they're going to put on a show because they know that it's going to be a hyped card and people are going to be watching. Dane is going to be there. Time to impress. Even with Anthony Smith, he's fighting right before those guys, and he was a guy who was fighting for a title against John Jones not so long ago, you know. And he he feels like he needs some some momentum in that in that the light heavyweight division to win, you know, to to get back to that pedestal where he's like, okay, I can challenge the champ Jan Blackwood, or I can challenge you know um, a rematch with John Bones Jones at some point. And then we got the three belts on the line, like you said. The first one's going to be Valentina Shevchenko versus. My homegirl, Jessica Andrade, you know who I'm picking there, bro. I got to go with the Brazilian bombshell, man. Yeah, and I knew you were going to go that route, but uh, I got to go <laughs> I gotta go the other way, my man. I hear you, bro. Shevchenko is a, is a badass, She's man. A beast. She really is a badass. But I feel like Jessica coming up into this weight class is going to be like, you know, her putting her stamp on the ground, on this division saying, yo, I'm a real player here, you know. I'm, I'm coming to win, you know. And, and the odds are not that bad either. The, the the fight after that is the closest fight of the night, I feel like, because the odds have it tight, and I feel like it's going to be a tight fight either. Uh, it's going to be Jan- Wheelie versus Thug Rose Namajunas. Yeah. Bro, Wheelie's a favorite, but only by 190. Thug Rose is an underdog at plus 160, so that, that, that line is close, man. That's a tight, tight money line right there. I got to go with Thug Rose, though, bro. You think? I, there, I got to stick to the champ. I don't know, I man. like Wheelie's style. There's there's, wait, wait. there's just something about there's just something about that girl man like it, that's the way that she fights it's it's almost like poetry in motion. And yeah, for sure. I, but I don't but know. You I, can't think gonna, I think she's going to be able to get in there and disarm Wei Whaley. Probably. I mean, I I could see it happening too. But man, Whaley's been battle tested. You know, she's, yeah, she's defended a, she's the belt already. For a like, yeah, like she's defended the belt two times and in, in wars. You know what I mean? So I feel like. She's she's about it, you know. Like she's not going there to lose the fight. And I feel like her knowing, like, like having more game tape on Thug Rose than than Rose probably has game tape on her. You know what I mean? And especially in the UFC, like maybe she she knows how to attack Rose, and that's going to be an interesting fight to see because you know there's two really good fighters going at it for the belt right before you know and. It's going to be exciting for All sure. Right, so and then we got, of let's course. Recap. Let's recap the, before we get into that. Let's recap. So who, who are you taking with Weidman and Uriah Hall? Who do you think is going to take that? I'm going to take Weidman. All right, I'm with you there. I'm taking Weidman too. Uh, Uriah Hall's last win was against uh, an old Anderson Silva, and that was last right. year. So uh, not, not to take anything away from him, but, you know, I, I think that the All-American Chris Weidman has, has got the edge on this one. And then uh, sure. so I know you're going with Andrade. Over Shevchenko. Yeah. I'm going with Shevchenko. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, then we, you're going taking with Wei Li Zhang, and I'm taking Doug Rose. And then the main event. Hit me with a drum roll, Doug. Uh, All right. I'll give you I'll, one of those, bro. That. You know that's our style. I'll take that. I know that. I know that. <laughs> the main event, bro. Um, you want to go first or you want me to go first? I mean, I think the, our, our audience and listeners already know who the hell we're rooting for. God damn it, we're going with George. 
Mr. Two-Piece and a Soda, baby, representing, putting Miami on his back this Saturday night. So make sure you tune in because he's going to knock him out. I'm calling it right now. He's knocking him out. So that's that's how it's going to happen. That's the way he takes the crown is by knocking uh, knocking his ass out, knocking Kamara Usman out. I, I think so, too, bro. I think it's going to happen early, too. It's going to be second round, yep. third round, yep. where, where he's just like, you know what? Fucking balls to the wall. Yeah, and I think throw everything, everything and the kitchen sink at hoops, man, and, and try to get him out of there, man. I think so too, man. I think he's gonna take that first round and feel him out. They, they, you know, they usually do that kind of f- close the distance, feel each other out, and I think that second he's gonna turn that that pressure on in the second and, and close out that fight. So let's you, go, baby. You know what? I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make another prediction too. I feel like this UFC card is gonna be the highest growth UFC card that they put on this year. Wow, out of Jacksonville too, nonetheless, huh? Out of Jacksonville, yeah, because they're gonna have people there. They are. They're going to have people there. They're going to have people in the building, which is going to raise the level of excitement. People are going to tune into it saying, man, this is the fight that I wanted to see, you know, a year ago. Now they're doing it again. Like, uh, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. Watch. No doubt, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a hell of a show. bro. Let's go, Georgie. Let's go, baby. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. It's a movie. And like the director said, it's a wrap when it comes to this this episode that we call a movie because we knocked it out, Joel. Yeah, man. I mean, a little different this week. I, man, it's been kind of crazy. Last week we had our first uh, in-studio guest. Shout out to Vic Bermudez. We recorded on location at Empire. That was something different from us. We had an in, in-studio In front audience. of a live studio. Yeah, yeah, man. You know, and now this week, due to the circumstances, you know, I was able to come out today, but, you know, due to scheduling, you weren't able to make it out. And, and yet we were able to, you know, use the roadcaster in, in all its glory to still bring this, this episode to our listeners. And I really hope they enjoyed it. I hope the, the audio level and the quality was, was on par. And I hope we, we delivered for them. Absolutely, man. And I couldn't agree with anything else you said there, bro. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Everything has its difficulties, and we were able to make a great episode out of it. So maybe the quality isn't the best, but that doesn't matter when the opinions and the facts and the stats that we're giving is what makes it quality. So, Joel, I appreciate you for the struggle, my brother. No doubt, my man. You know I'm always here. For sure, for sure. Everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to leave us a comment on your podcast, uh, on the streaming platform that you're listening to us. Make sure you guys are hitting us up on social media. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter as we continue to drop more sports content for you guys, man. And if you like the show, tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. Who could tell a friend about the raw-ass podcast that we got going on? (laughs) And even with the most difficulties that we got, we still make it happen. Because that's what Sports with Soto does, y'all. We make it happen. So until next time, everybody. Peace. Peace.